We're talking hockey, Rody and Rupper talking hockey, Freed talking hockey, talking hockey, trade deadline looming. Hello and welcome to That's Hockey Talk. I am your host, Nick Moraldo. It's a beautiful night for talking hockey on the internet, and we got a beautiful voice singing that beautiful song, that sensational sound, our pal of the pals, our north of the border friend, at Bubba Gumpino. Gumps, how you doing? All is well, my friend. Uh, week in Vancouver in the uh, toughest bar in this side of uh, the Mississippi. It was electric. You did get a live and in-person experience in the bar. Uh, I saw someone in the chat saying you're about to get snowed in. You're about to get some inclement weather up there, Pa? What's going on? Nah, just a few flurries. We're all right hey, out here. Uh, okay, okay. There's okay. worse places that, hey, in that chalet getting snowed in there. <laughs> that ain't so bad. We're all right. We're <laughs> that all ain't right. so bad. Uh, and that... <laughs> That voice of a champion you just heard is our resident Game 7 goal-scoring hero, Mike Rupp. Rupper, how you doing, brother? I'm good. Speaking of champions, championship reunion weekend this weekend in New Jersey for the 03 Cup team. So wow. it'll be good, good to get back with the mates up in there. And uh, yes. hey, are you yeah, guys going to so tear it down? What are you going to do? Are you gonna, what do you got? Dinner plan? Then you're going to go get a couple drinks? So like I, I up at uh, old one-eyed whiteys. One-eyed white. Maybe we'll make our way to one-eyed white. Oh, he might not even know that house. Hey, we might not. He doesn't even own that house anymore. But knowing Whitey, we might just get in there anyways. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the way he rolls. But uh, you know what? It's it's funny. It's uh, I had no idea what to expect. I mean, these guys. Some of these guys have been on multiple cup teams and have gone to these um, celebrations. I, I get an email months ago, kind of blocking that date. Um, I'm doing NHL Network from four to six Friday. And then I'm literally going straight out. It's like, dude, it's a bender all weekend. I had no idea. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. I, I got this email from the, the, the lady at the, the devils. It's like, all right, so here's what it is. You got dinner on Saturday night and then, or sorry, Friday night, hotel in Hoboken at the W uh, go there for after dinner drinks. And then the next day, it's like a whole day of events. And then there's, you know, uh, the, the stuff at the game, obviously, we watch it from the suite, and there's uh, there's going out to a bar afterwards, and there's a Sunday. I'm like, holy shit, this is like a fucking <laughs> week, like a wedding weekend, man. It's incredible. So I'm looking true, forward to it. It's dude. gonna be fun. I'll keep you guys posted. That is a lot. That is a lot to do. That's a big itinerary, but it sounds like it's all good stuff. Sounds like you all have a good time, man. There's gonna be drinks involved, so you can't complain with that. Uh, hey, did I just? It just kind of came to me. Did Lou? When you guys maybe going through a little bit of a losing streak or struggling a little bit, not that you ever went through too many of those with those teams, but did Lou ever think to bring David Putty into the locker room, fire the boys <laughs> up, maybe take his shirt off and scream, Gumpy, can you give us one? The <laughs> That's the best, man, right? No. <laughs> and you know you know what's funny is uh Lou is is it's it's hilarious because he he's so like you don't really connect on a personal level per se with him, right? Like it's it's business conversation. I mean, you, you do sure. you connect, you know he cares, but it's like you know he's the godfather. Like he comes around and it's whatever. But um, it's funny. There's one time I don't know how, but he or why, but he let his guard down and we started talking about Man. shows. And I'm like, holy shit, Lou watches TV. I'm like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm like, so he was nobody's really into. He was into um, Prison Break, and he's like, 
really into prison break. <laughs> Dude, he's talking about prison break, and I, I oh, never no. seen that. But the guys, no, the boys no, no, are no, like, no. that's incredible. No, and no. then another thing is apparently um, he was a huge fan of The Sopranos. Big shocker. Of course. And he course. was um, – he would he would go down. I think at least one time he went for one of the. Uh, uh, they must have done some kind of shooting in um, in Jersey, and he went down and he was on set, and he's a big fan of that. So it's cool. Just give you a little. Who went to the bottom big? Real human being, right? Lou was yeah. at the bottom big. That's what I heard. That's what I just heard. <laughs> <laughs> feels like feels like we just confirmed that Lou was at the bottom big. <laughs> uh, oh, that's good. It's either that or Satrials, but I mean, yeah, you should have given me your Satrials shirt, and I could have worn it this weekend <laughs> and just see what yeah. he says. That would be that would uh, be incredible. Get back on track here, boys. Serious business. Uh, thank you for everyone for joining us tonight on this special uh, vacation episode of That's Hockey Talk. As we know, PMI still on vacation, coming back uh, next week. Uh, we got a chance to talk to Frege Elliot Friedman uh, a couple hours ago. Uh, we pre-recorded that conversation. Uh, thank you for setting that up, Rupper. And that was because Elliot is a very, 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 very busy man it's at all this time of the year. Sportsnet today, everywhere, guys, everywhere right now. He's everywhere, and everywhere. Uh, we had to pre-record. We, we always love doing it live. We talk about this all the time. Be fully transparent. We love doing this live. It's a lot of fun. It keeps things loose. It keeps things flowing. But it's not always great for the guests. And there are certain times of, of the year and certain guests that we really want to talk to and this is one of them around trade deadline time we talked to weeksy last week that was great we want to talk to freege we want to talk to elliot freeman because he's the other guy on the other end of things with his fingers in the pot in every single conversation so we'll do that we'll do that at the end here we'll we'll play the conversation we have with freege and just something i thought that he said was really cool was since we were pre-recording it uh something could have popped off at any moment from the time we talked to him until us going live tonight. And he was nice enough that he, he mentioned this more than once that like, if anything changed, if anything came up, if anything broke, reach out to him and he would take some time to update us, clarify whatever it may be. So that was really cool of him to offer that. Thankfully yeah. we didn't have to do that because nothing has popped we off. Should, hey, no, we we should have called them. We should have called them today, <laughs> messing around and been like, Hey, <laughs> We should clear up the Shea Weber to the Yotes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, need, we, need, we need to start the show with that one. <laughs> yeah, Shea Weber to the Yotes or uh, Zaitsev leaving, uh, getting out of Ottawa, going to Chicago. I bet that was a real thrill for him. All right, here you go, pal. You're getting traded. Where am I going? Where am I going? Am I going somewhere good? Are we going to go for a cup run? Ah, no, you're going to Chicago. You can go further, even further down. Somehow going to a worse team than Ottawa right now. And and Chicago, Chicago's looking at this. They're like, all right, man, we're going to try to clear these guys out. Taser's done. We're maybe going to move Kane, maybe move Domi. Uh, Let's sit here. We want to lose every game possible. What do we need to do? Let's go get Nikita Zaitsev. (laughs) (laughs) They went out to get you to lose games right now. Incredible. Uh, speaking of last night, we, we talked to Frege for a good bit about, uh, Patrick Kane. We'll play that here in a couple minutes at the end. So you guys can listen to that and we'll be in the chat and, and, uh, talk with everyone and, and kind of react to Frege as well. But, uh, we talked a little bit about Patrick Kane with him and then he almost had another one last night, Rupper, where it, it seems like he's almost been reinvigorated lately towards the end of the, uh, the season here with all this speculation. He's got the big game the other night. 
uh, scoring a couple goals. And then last night, he almost puts it away with an OT winner with just seconds left on the clock, but it turned out after review, unfortunately, did not be Christ. It You know, it's... Um, I thought for sure it was good, dude. So it, it was kind of like, it would have been, still is something to talk about, but it's, it would have been a storybook ending, perhaps. Oh, like yeah. A, yeah. They're going on a four-game roadie now. Okay, I think they have one more game before the March 3rd deadline. It might actually be on March 3rd or March 2nd, whatever, somewhere right in there. So the idea was this, this theoretically could be his last home game. And what was that? That was, so I didn't watch that live. I caught it. A little bit later. So that was the end of was that the end of regulation or end of overtime? End of OT. End of OT. So gets the puck at center ice, breakaway straight down, got no time. He knows this. Winds up. I mean, there's a still image, stick straight up to the ceiling. No, like fucking wet. I mean it (laughs) Daddy Kane wound up on this thing and let her rip and uh scores this goal, but you know, they review it and it it was, it was probably 15, 20 feet outside the net when the, you know, in real time, when you're watching, you're like, holy shit, that just happened. Oh, but, yeah, you know, you, you, sure. you break it down. It didn't go in. But, man, what a way that would have ended. But I think this guy is, you know, Elio will get into it a little bit here too. Uh, I think he's aggravated with this whole situation. And he's been putting on a show the last week plus. And I think yeah. he's showing teams like, you know what? Like, I'm, Pat- I'm Patrick fucking Kane, man. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm ready to go and, and, and want to go on a run here with somebody. And it was, regardless, goal or not, what an awesome moment! This seems like this guy can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Right now, talk about putting on a show. Uh, also, last night, Ryan O'Reilly coming to over to Toronto in that trade from St. Yeah. Louis with Noel Chari. That's a man putting on a show. Gets a hat trick last night. Uh, listen to this: three goals and assists, four point night. That's awesome. Absolutely massive, big ovation against his old town, uh, old team, the Buffalo Sabers. A couple beautiful goals too. Like these weren't just yeah. like tappings. Even, the, even the empty netter was beautiful, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so he gets a four point night. He's playing with Mitch Marner. Five assists for Mitchie, no big yeah. deal. And then uh, good old JT John Tavares, uh, four points, one goal, three assists. The reverse Ryan O'Reilly, thirteen points. From that line, they put an oh, ass line. whooping on the Sabers, uh, and the Sabers seem to be going the opposite direction lately. But that's okay; still a young team building. However, much to Gump's dismay, this Toronto team right now, with the additions of Ochari, Achari, oh, and Riley, seem absolutely primed to go. If they get the goaltending figured out, maybe there's, they're looking at adding your, a defense. There's maybe. your issue, my friend. What? Trot Matt Matt Murray out against the Bolts in fucking round one and see where it lies, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's the big Matt Murray's beaten the Bolts in a playoff series before. (laughs) Here's here's the thing, though. It's like you knew that this was going to – you didn't know this was going to be an issue. The track record showed that this was going to be an issue. This is why everybody yeah. was hesitant on this move. And here we are, and it's prevalent right now. Like, Matt Murray's not healthy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's all on Samsonov, who has been great this year. So is, so is Murray yeah, when he's been played. very good. But yeah. he's unproven, too. And in, in round one, you're going to go against Vassy. But to your point, Nick, this team's loaded right now. I mean, that, that line, Marner um Tavares O'Reilly I think at some point 
O'Reilly will be centering a third line at some point. I think that's actually what makes this team more dangerous. Oh, yeah. And he's a guy that can do it. Remember before we spoke about uh, when the Penguins went and got Derek Broussard? Yep. In theory, it was like, holy shit, we got Crosby, Malkin. Derek Broussard was still a heck of a player center um, in Ottawa, but he was playing a lot of minutes. When he comes to Pittsburgh, he wasn't getting those minutes. He couldn't find his groove. He was It, it just didn't work, right? Ryan O'Reilly's different. Like Ryan O'Reilly can do everything. And yeah, he's I've, built for that kind of game. Yeah, he's so smart where if he's playing in the position he's in right now, he can put up a hat trick. He can put up four points. He can put up two points. He can he can do that. And he's won, I think, 76% of his draws since he's gotten there too. So like those intangibles, he's incredible at. But if he got moved down to a third line and say, all right, let's spread this out a little bit more, and we know how important third lines are, um, if it's like, all right, your minutes are going to go from 18, 17, 16, whatever, to 15, 14, 13, somewhere in that range, he'll adjust. He'll do what's needed, right? He'll he'll provide all those little d- details to, to, that he needs to on the third line. So th- that makes it really interesting to me. Uh, he, he is kind of the perfect fit for them yeah. there. And, and that's even that line, how crazy that line sounds. And then you think at line one is Austin Matthews, 60 goals last year. Willie Nylander, who leads the team in points. Like, of all those guys we just named, Willie Nylander's leading them in points. And then Michael Bunting, who is really that one guy in that top six that kind of gives you a little bit of piss and vinegar that I like. So uh, they, they're they loaded up front. but A little jam, a little sandpaper, a little bit. Uh, a little bit. A little like bit. I, I wonder if they're done, though. I wonder if they're done or if they're going to try to add. I still think, uh, you know, nothing of significance, but on the back end uh, – you know, the Jake Muzzin news, we knew he wasn't going to probably play the rest of this season. And the news came out that he's completely done now. And then they're going to reevaluate come training camp next year. And unfortunately, was he got his cervical, cervical spine, spine surgery, which doesn't sound fun, no. nor does it sound like something you want to mess with. So, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to wish any ill or think any bad intentions, but like it's not hard to conceive that he may have played his last game, uh, you know. It's, you know, it's, it's funny though, when you sit there and you, I don't know, in theory, look at, yes. look at Chris, look at Chris Letang, same thing. Chris Letang has had his, his a couple strokes. He's had migraine issues for years, all these things. Money's not a factor. He's nope. made a lot of money. He's won cups. And you ask yourself like, why? Like you got a family, you got this, you know what I mean? Like you Guys are wired a certain way. Guys wanted like they're gonna do what they want to do, you know, and they're gonna they're wired to be like, I'm a hockey player, I'm gonna play hockey as long as my body permits me. And right now, even though I have this bump, I can still do it. I don't know what Jake Muzzin's thinking. It sounds scary as hell. You know, I would sit there, it's easy for me to be like, No, dude, you you won a cup, you made a lot of money, you've been around a long time. These guys are wired different, man. And I just think hockey players, not just in hockey and football, other sports, there's the same, the same thing. It's just, I I hope he can play again. I I, I want every player to go out at least somewhat on their own terms. And uh, we'll have to wait, I guess, till training camp at 23. Absolutely. Uh, Another thing to note on least we mentioned, are they done? Could they possibly add something else? Maybe a D man. Uh, And you pointed this out, Rupper. They don't have a lot of capital left to deal with. I was looking because you got me intrigued, so I went, look, they don't have a first-round pick. They don't have a second-round pick. They don't have a third or a fourth. Don't have a seventh. What they do have is a fifth and a sixth, which 
It'd probably be packaged with a prospect or some type of variation to get you a maybe, I don't know, a seventh, eighth D-man, maybe. It's not a lot, though. You're going to have to get creative if you're still trying to add at this point. They don't have a second next season or a third next season. Still have that first, though. That's always something. So uh, the cupboard is getting bare. Uh, Dubas knows this. He knows they need to win. They need to win convincingly and significantly. They need to get out of that first round. What what keeps keeps his job, Rupert? Like if they get out of the first round, does Dubas get to keep his job? Or do they have to make it to the finals? Like I, I think Dubis would keep his job because a first round win would be beating Tampa. Yeah. If it yeah. wasn't if it wasn't Tampa, I think he'd have to do more probably than a first round. And it all depends on how you lose. If you if you win against Tampa and then you get swept in round two, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he still loses his job. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I think regardless, though, this core is going to be different because we, we talked about this before. If they lose, obviously, you got to change things. I think it's going to be a new GM, might be a new coach. You're going to break up the big four. Uh, you can argue it's a big five now, but O'Reilly's unsigned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they change that. But then on the same note, if they win, those guys we mentioned, Austin Matthews, one year left on his deal. Willie Nylander, one year left on his deal. He's leading the team in points. So if you win – Everyone wants to get paid then. So to me, it's like the last ride with this group regardless. You know what I mean? I don't know yeah. if there's any – if it's like, oh, if you make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe that's the perfect storm where you can kind of keep this group together. But Willie Nylander is going to get paid, and he's going to yeah. get paid by somebody. They're not going to be able to afford him in Toronto. You're not going to be able to move John Tavares' contract. You're going to try to move heaven and earth to sign Austin Matthews. Um it's this is kind of the last kick here, but I think Kyle Dubas, uh, yeah, you, you, I think you'd be okay if you get past round one because it's against Toronto or sorry, against Tampa. Is, is there any? I haven't heard much talk about goalies at the trade. Is there any thought know. of any team making a move for a goalie that's in the playoff push? It's funny because the one goalie that you're hearing out there is Corpus Salo in Columbus, and he's been he's been pretty good lately. But he's been yeah. really bad for the last year and a half. So it's like, I don't know. The, the goalie market's a, a strange one. Um, I mean, I'm still, we talked about it last week where I, I'm still a big John Gibson guy. Uh, yeah. I think it's some we, point. <laughs> aren't it's we some all point. over here, Upper? Aren't we it's all? Some, Bring him home. Yeah. Bring the lot was home. He the, was he the it, first goalie in history to have two 50, 50 save game losses in losses. one season? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and, and, and the thing with him, too, like I talked to, different i'm not going to blow up their spot um but i've talked to a couple different goalie guys in the business and uh they've all said that over the last couple seasons john gibson's game has been trending the wrong way that he hasn't really adjusted and and done things like his best is behind him doesn't look like it right now (laughs) like he looks pretty good right now i'd love to see him go somewhere but that's the point guys like all these teams we're talking about that the teams that have the room to do something don't necessarily need to do that. You know what I mean? Like the teams like Pittsburgh, would you, you'd be like, Oh, Pittsburgh would be one for me. Um, Who are some other playoff teams that you'd like to maybe do it in in that? I mean, Edmonton, but they can't do that either. Like there's no room Mm -hmm. to do a move like that, but uh, yeah, not a lot of, I'm not hearing a lot of goaltending news or or whispers except for Corpus Salo and, you know, I don't know how much of an upgrade that is. And for some of the teams, Stolarz, uh, ironically enough, the backup 
to Gibson is apparently available, which makes sense. You yeah, know, he's not being where they are, but yeah, he's like uh, that. Not that he's going to light it up for you and be your cup clinching goaltender, but you know, I look at again a team like Pittsburgh who needs depth and needs um, quality goaltending in the backup spots. You know, potentially. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a depth move. I mean, how many times in the last number of years have we seen three goalies? We saw it in Pittsburgh Way last too year. Often. We saw it in Colorado two years ago. <laughs> we saw it like we're seeing three goalies deep in the playoffs. It seems like every year yeah. by at least a team or two. Hey, a funny moment in this uh, Winnipeg, uh, the, the Jets Islanders game. I'm watching. <laughs> they show a replay. Noah Dobson's coming in and he's trying to he's at the offensive blue line and he's trying to dump the puck in. The, the, the angle on the replay shows from the end zone, right, like behind the net. Mm-hmm. And he's going to dump it in. The referee gets off the wall to give him the boards to shoot it in. And the referee Thanks, moves yeah. to the middle, and Dobson <laughs> wires it right off his shins. And the ref, <laughs> you, you got to see the reaction of the ref. It's the best. He, he, he still put his hands up, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm going to clip it. I'm going to clip it when we're done. It's so good. Uh, I bet anyways, that felt uh, good too. A fucking nice stinger up his leg with the puck banging off. Well, how head. many? How many? How many goals do the Stars have to beat the Blackhawks by tonight for Kane to just switch locker rooms? I saw the line was two and a half. I mean, that that's why I want to see him go, Gump. Uh, honestly, just, I, I just it I makes don't me. Know. I, I you know, and Elliot touches on that in that discussion, but I part of me just thinks like. If he really wanted to go to Dallas, I feel like that would have been. He would already, already said it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't You're know. Right. I don't. I don't know if is Carolina an option. Is I, I don't know. I think the way that Patrick Kane is pushing right now answers to me that he doesn't want to stay in Chicago and just marinate until free agency. Like I think he wants to go on a run. I think that that's what his perform. If he if he was like, you know what, man, I'm just going to play this thing out, or I'm just going to, you know, get whatever his injury is, get that taken care of. I don't think we would see this push from him right now. Like, I think he yeah. wants to show that he can play. So I don't know where that is. You're, you're hearing like tons of teams are calling now because of what happened. And Elliot gets into well, that. What right. happened on Sunday with his hat trick. All of a sudden the phone's ringing off the hook. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you talked about marinating, Rupert. I got something for you. Let this marinate in your mouth. American dream, nut butter, baby. Oh. Peanut butter cheesecake. I had some of this last night. I was having a little sweet tooth late night snack. And you know what I said? I don't want to go out there and eat Reese's peanut butter cups. I don't want to be a fat slob. I'm going to treat myself with something a little bit healthier, a little bit more lean. Yes. So I went and I pulled up the American Dream Nut Butter. Now, this is peanut butter. They got cashew butter. They got almond yeah, butter. Starberry over there? I, we're out of Starberry right now. I got to <laughs> talk to the lady, get her to order some more. <laughs> you can order some more with the link in the description right now in this YouTube live. You save 10%. Uh, and it's going to be it's gonna be fantastic. It's going to be high protein. It's going to be low carb, uh, gluten-free. I know people are big on that. Low sugar, handcrafted, local company, uh, all the good stuff, American-made. Hell, yeah. Uh, jump on the American Dream Nut Butter and get yourself – and let that marinate in your mouth. Um, Patrick Kane. It's a uh, bit of a topsy-turvy roller coaster situation. And we talk about Jonathan Taves not going anywhere. He's staying put. Uh, Max Domi is another name for that block. See, I team. want – I would if, – if the Stars could swing a deal to get Kane, throw Domi in there too. 
Hey, or I, even I just dull me. Even yeah, just dull me alone. Don't man. worry about it. There's a couple. There's a couple. Like, there's a couple. What do you want to call it? Firecracker players out there. Only I a like few. That. And Domi's one of them. And yeah. he's been great this year. And he's got that little like the wires sometimes, and he just loses his mind. Like he's got that part right. Like he's got that down. Uh, the other one, the other one, which is interesting too. And I want to. I know you guys. Uh, uh, everyone's on vacation. Is Foxy said anything about anything about the wings right now? Because conspicuously quiet while the wings are on a tear. Right. What is it? Six of the I don't, last. Seven? I don't. I don't know if I trust the slow play. He knows exactly what's happening. I don't care where he's at in the world right now and what cliffs he's jumping off of and whatever. Like he knows that the wings are on a heater right now, and they've taken Tyler Bertuzzi, who's the other firecracker player that was available, who. We thought potentially can go to Dallas. We yep. thought I thought would be a great fit in Pittsburgh if they're able to figure that out. Apparently, he's off the market now because Stevie Eisman's like, we're in a good spot. Like we've got games in hand. We're winning hockey games decisively right now. Dylan Larkin gets tossed out of last night's game for for cross checking inadvertently, cross checking TJ Oshie right in the chin. Yeah, gets tossed, he gets tossed in like the first period, and I'm like, oh man. What do they do? They take care of business again. They win that game. Detroit might make the playoffs. And now all of a sudden the teams that were looking at a Tyler Bertuzzi, he might not be available now. So I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see what ends up happening here. But I'm shocked, shocked that Foxy hasn't been talking, talking shit to you. I'm not. He's a mark. He only uh, talks shit <laughs> when it's uh, convenient. And it's not yeah. convenient because he's out jumping off cliffs right now. So <laughs> having said that, uh, that Larkin – uh, cross check you mentioned that was interesting because that one almost felt like it, you could almost see the genuineness of it, like that he it wasn't yeah. like he really did. He did it right. You can yeah. see his remorse. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. The remorse is the word I was looking for. Like he was like, ah, oh, fuck. Like I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. So that was an interesting thing. You don't see too. Usually, guys just own it. Like you, you do it, and they're like, even if you're like, ah, oh, fuck, you kind of just play it up. Like yeah, fuck you. And that was. uh you, I think that I think that was the appropriate amount though the five in the game there and yeah. uh, you're right it did show some guts you got five thousand dollar five thousand dollar fine today too yeah which I mean it's not nothing I, I think everyone looks at that and they go ah this, these guys make millions I don't know what no one likes I don't know fine. I do not know and I played with some cheap fox. I don't know <laughs> I do not know anyone that was like oh my gosh I got fined that's nothing to what they make. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I'm like, whatever. It's not going to okay. cripple you. It's like, no, it's not really going to deter you. Is that amount of money going to deter you? But think about this. We know we're saying Dylan Larkins was an accident. It was yeah. clear, clear as day. All I know is if I don't like that guy in that team and he does something, says something, acts like an idiot, I can go and put a piece of carbon fiber in your teeth and only pay five grand. That's like a that's great money spent. Are you kidding me? Oh, what is it? That's a deal and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's like that's like the maximum. That's the maximum fine. Yeah. Well, that is the one good thing that you guys worked out for yourself. You guys, I say, as in you as a player and the players' union, you cooked up this beautiful little scheme where. You guys can beat the hell out of each other, club each other in the head, knock each other's teeth out with your sticks, and it only costs you a couple bucks. Yeah. 
I mean, hey, I bought I bought worse things. I bought worse things. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, that's funny. Uh Rupper, why don't you tease uh our guest for next week before we yeah. get to our guest for this week? So yeah, next week we got uh we got Ryan Whitney popping on. So he's gonna be Hell great. Yeah. Witter's incredible, one of the funniest dudes ever. Uh I gotta know Wit a little bit. Uh so when I I the Players Tribune still they're still doing that or what? I think so. I, I think so. So so when Players Tribune was getting going, we started doing like these play uh we started doing these playoff previews. And it'll be Wit and I just just back and forth, going back and forth. And then they have like a uh I guess a editor or somebody there that would quote us and then put the story together. And it was fun. We did like two years in a row. And that's when I was like, I always heard stories about wit, how funny he is. Incredible. Uh, it was a lot of fun doing that. So I got to know him a little bit then. And, uh, we, you know, we stayed in touch and just what a, I mean, uh, spitting chicklets has been incredible. You know, what they've, done in, Absolute they've done in hockey. I mean, that's, that's like, that's like the bar, you know? And, uh, but also, I think not even necessarily getting into – you know, I know that you asked for when Elliot came on for some questions. Like maybe it would be even something cool that fans would want to – so listeners would want to ask Wit because all I know is his whole Pink Whitney stuff that's taken off, that is like the incredible story, what's happened with that, what's happened with mm-hmm. you know all these other things. And talking about biz, I'm sure we'll talk about all this and that. Like comes across, I like played against him, played with him a little bit. Like comes across as just being like that meathead fighting. He is so smart, such a business savvy guy, and they're they they've been incredible. So what? It's it's a really cool story, I guess. I guess to some degree, it's a um, it's it's a minuscule story of what you guys and Pat have done. You know, like it's it's kind of on that same path, right? Like well. I guess you could probably say that, but I th- I look at it at a kind of a different lens. I look at it, uh, and maybe this is just the pure hockey fan of me speaking. Like, I consider, uh, and I'll put you in this group as well because what you've done post uh, playing career has been exceptional. Uh, what him and Biz have done as well, like you guys are pioneering the space for a lot of people and a lot of guys who are playing now who don't even know yet, who when their time is up are going to be left looking around like, okay, what do we do now? And plenty of guys will go off and they'll play golf and plenty of guys will go out and they'll open businesses and they'll be fine and dandy. But there'll be plenty of other guys who don't know what to do with their time, don't know how to express themselves, don't know how to uh, channel everything into a proper outlet. And I think what you've done, what Wit's done, what Biz has done, and uh, not to leave out RA and Grinnell, like they already had right. that show going before they jumped on board, and it was it was doing pretty well before those guys jumped on. Obviously, Witt and Biz take it to a different stratosphere, but um, all you guys, it's going to be very cool. I'm very interested to have that conversation with you guys because I wonder like how aware he is of it, uh, and I know you know a little bit of, of your reach and what you've done, but I I, I just I, I want to pick his brain a little bit on that and talk about that with him a little bit because it's fascinating, like. We know where hockey stands in the uh, in the ranking of sports in America. Obviously, a different hierarchy in Canada, but in America, it's not the top sport. It's not the bottom sport, but it has its group. And uh, things like this, like this show, Spitting Chicklets, uh, yeah. the internet in general, the Twitter interaction, everything, uh, it kind of helped it grow to a different level. And I hope the NHL notices that. I hope the league notices that. 
I know the fans have. So it'll be very fascinating. It'll be awesome. Can't wait to talk to him. And, of course, spending time in Pittsburgh. I know he's got some Pittsburgh stories, which yeah. everybody loves. Even if you're not a Penguins fan, for whatever reason, the guys on those teams, they just there's just a, there's just something different about you guys. Yeah, that, that, that we talked about it before, like the Pittsburgh connection. Some of the guys that through whether that era, it was it was Colby Armstrong, it yep. was Ryan Malone, yeah, Max we, had Or, we had yeah, Max Talbot, we had Brooks Orpik on oh. talking about it. Ryan Whitney, like dude, incredible. Uh, Paul Bissnet was there for for a stretch, and so yeah, man. Anyways, uh, we got them. Uh, sorry, we got Wit coming up. Uh, I think he's gonna be awesome. We could take it anywhere we want. Uh, but yeah, we got him coming up next week and then we'll try to figure out, uh, who we got the following and maybe, uh, tease that next week. So absolutely. And, uh, in the meantime, I will delay no further. As I mentioned, we, uh, we pre-recorded this conversation with Elliot, but I think you guys are really going to enjoy it because we asked for Twitter questions from everybody online about what should we hammer, hammer, pepper, fucking throw pucks on net with at Elliot and he kind of he didn't shy away from anything he answered everything and he took his time and I think we covered just about everybody and just about every storyline going into this deadline and one other thing before we get to it Rupper that I thought was really intriguing is feels like this year more than ever is there gonna be anything left come deadline day (laughs) we're looking at March 3rd and it feels like everything – it feels like the wheels are already in motion. It feels like everything's – maybe it's just the buzz has gotten more and more every year. But this year we've already seen a couple big deals go down. And it seems like the big ones that are left are, are just moments away from happening. It doesn't feel like there's going to be anything left for those TSN guys, Gumpy, for you guys to be uh, watching up there. They're going to be at the desk. They're going to be at the panel just – Twiddling their thumbs. Yeah, uh, they'll still be talking about the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, it's funny though because you you these these different networks, whether it's TSN or Sportsnet, NHL Network, like you you build out that day because it's like Christmas yeah. in hockey, right? And you build it out. You've got you know you go up there. They've got in Canada. They've got giant studio where they have a desk over here desk over there and they're just kicking it around you see the guys on their phones like it's just it's action right it's action when there's action i i if you got nine guys nine analysts and and news breakers that are on and there's not really anything it's uh but there'll be stuff there'll be stuff hey this that's a zaitsev trade to chicago that's freeing up some space here unloading a contract because the yeah. thought is that the Ottawa Senators might be trying to land a, a pretty decent defenseman. So that's okay. something to keep an eye on. So I don't know how big, but uh, there'll still be some big moves coming down the stretch here, I think. All right, here we go. Let's try and figure out what some of those big moves are, if we can get any clues from uh, Freed here as we throw it over him. Uh, we'll see you in the chat. Thanks for rocking with us, everybody. Uh, we'll see you. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, uh, one of the biggest brains and best heads of lettuce uh, in the world, not just the hockey world, in the world. Uh, he is host of the 32 Thoughts podcast, and he writes the incredible 32 Thoughts called from Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada, Elliot Friedman. Elliot, thank you for joining us, sir. My pleasure, guys. And you know what? The bald spot's getting a little bit bigger, but you know, I had 40 uh, good years, so I'll take it. Welcome to the club, lad. <laughs> you had a good run. You had a good, I had run. A good run. I had a good run. <laughs> oh, listen, Elliot, we appreciate you hopping on. We know it's a busy time of year. Uh first off, how is it, you know, right around now when it 
I mean, you're always on the horn sitting there updating all the hockey world with all the, the up, up-to-date news. Is it getting close to trade deadlines, get a little extra squirrely for you? Do you, you always on the phone? Like, how does that look? Yes, I, I'm ignoring my wife even uh, more than usual. Like, the, the joke is, like, whenever I leave the house or I go on a trip, like All-Star or something like that, I always joke how uh, the big winner is my wife's boyfriend. But, like, when during <laughs> trade deadline, he could be in the house at the same time, and I probably wouldn't even notice. That's kind of the way this goes right now. But, um, <laughs> excuse me, it's fun on a lot of levels. It is. Like, I just think the thing about this time of year is you have to be really careful. Like, you hear a lot of stuff. You, you don't know whether or not to believe it. Um, you know, the one thing I was I was talking to someone about is, like, when Jacob Vrana was sent down to the American Hockey League by Detroit, I heard the same rumor that everybody else, he wasn't going to play for the Red Wings again. And on Tuesday night, he's in the lineup for the Red Wings against the Washington Capitals. So what may have been true yesterday may not be true today. And you have to check everything you hear because there's a lot of crazy stuff that flies out there. I'm sure you guys hear it too. You don't know what to believe and you don't know what's false. Yeah, and before we kind of start peppering you with some of the stuff that you're hearing out there, I I just want to know, like, so I was talking about this earlier today where it seems like right now there's more players that are being sat out a little further Mm -hmm. ahead of the deadline than what we're used to generally Actually, even I find it strange that we're having PR releases from the teams that are saying that they're held out because of potential uh, trade implications. Right. So I I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I I haven't really seen it that frequent as much as we're seeing it now. But I want to I want to ask you this, too, because the the first reaction would be, well, you don't want the player to get hurt. Right. This is an asset. A lot of these teams are looking to move and they don't want this player getting dinged up. Uh, But then there's another one where I'm like. I wonder if some of these teams where they've got multiple uh, dance partners as far as uh, you know, trade conversations, if this is like a ploy to kind of like get everybody's best you know, efforts. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, we're mm-hmm. sitting them out. That means – because when you sit a guy out, that generally means page, uh, like, a, like a trade is pending or something is yep. near, right? Do you find that that's a tool that they're using? I think I think one case is a bit a little bit more Mike unique than the rest. I think generally over the years, if you got set out, you were getting traded the next day or within twenty four to forty eight hours. That was the usual thing that we were. Oh my god! Okay, that... somebody's just sending me like joke texts. Uh... <laughs> Not now. Can't have it. Thought, thought that was Patty Kane. Yeah, and Dallas I, was, I, I was like, come on. Why? I'm going to send this guy this note, like, don't send me this stuff right now at this time of year. (laughs) Um, You know, one of the things that uh, in the past we've seen this, and you got traded the next day, and Bettman was asked about it once, do you have a problem with this? And he said, generally not if they're traded a day or two after it happens. And this one is unique. Like, with Gavrikov, like, I I think he he was under the impression he was getting traded right away, and it's dragged out. The Chikrin one is the one that's really different. And I think on some level, I had heard he might have tweaked something minor in the last game of Friday night against Chicago, like very, very, very minor. And they and they wanted to put him in the bubble wrap. And I think the other thing there is the team wants to trade the player. The player wants to be traded. I think everybody was willing to work together to find a way to get this done. Now, it hasn't happened uh, we're all sitting here waiting for it to happen. I heard the Players Association, Mike, didn't have an issue because the player was okay with it. 
But he skated with the Coyotes for the first time in about a week on Tuesday. So we'll see where this goes. I think I think Boston had been there. I'm not sure Boston can take his money for the next two years. I think they're about to give Pasternak a lot of money, and I think their situation is really going to tighten up. I think LA's been in there with a standing offer, but obviously it hasn't gotten done. And so the other guy I kind of wonder about is I do wonder if if Columbus is going to take the assets they get for Gavrikov and try to get Chikrin. Like I don't think that's going to make Chikrin very happy in the short term, but I think Columbus is kind of like, you know what? We'll take our chances if we can do this. So we've heard some other. Let's go. Uh, you know, Nick, you, you and Gums take a. Oh wait, say hold on, Rupper. I should I should say too. St. Louis now becomes a fascinating team in all this. Like like you know, I think they are in on Meyer, and I think you know, I, I do think they're trying to move a defenseman. So I'm wondering if they're going to be in on Chikrin too. That that's one for me that it was kind of going where I was heading here is like, how many teams do you actually think? are in the, the thick of it right now with Timo Meyer. I think it's New Jersey. And, and as I said last night on uh, one of your other employers, NHL Network, uh, if you were to do a small uh, straw poll, I think new, a lot of people would bet it's going to be New Jersey. I think it's Carolina. I think it's Vegas. And I think it's St. Louis. And I think Winnipeg's in there. But I don't think Winnipeg will do it unless they can know they can sign him. And I'm not convinced that they can. Now, I wondered about Dallas, too, because Peter DeBoer had him, went to, a, you know, knew him very well. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I, Gumps, I know I just woke you up with that one. I'm just, I'm just not convinced the Stars are going to be able to make it work. I think they like him, but I just don't know if they can make that work. Elliot, Fair I'm point. curious. Uh, in the past, we've seen, you, you mentioned the, a couple names there, a couple teams, uh, you know, the the Carolina Hurricanes, the Bruins, Vegas, all teams that are near the top in the standings. And in the mm-hmm. past, we've seen all these teams at the top of the standings kind of go for the same player. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like that's so much the case this year. Is that true? And is it because maybe we've seen a couple moves made already? Or is it just because the market is so diverse, like there's so many different players out there that fit different needs for different teams? I think it's a great question, Nick. I think what makes it a little bit different this year is the price on Meyer and the unique situation with his contract. Like, I, I think Winnipeg's only dealing for Meyer if they think they can sign him. I think New Jersey's only doing it for Meyer if they think they can sign him. I think Carolina has enough cap flexibility where I think they can say, you know what, we're going to take him this year and we might give him a qualifying offer next year at $10 million and take our chances about what we can do. And there's some teams that don't seem to be as worried about that. I, like Toronto, I think, was in on Meyer, but I don't think that they could. They were willing to pay the price. I think what, what's happened this year is it's been kind of a, a different market. You've got the forwards, and the forwards are really starting to come off the board now. Horvat's gone. Tarasenko's gone. Two of the St. Louis guys are gone. We're waiting on Meyer. We're waiting on Barbashev. We're going to see what else happens. But the D, I think there's still a lot of D out there. Like Luke Shen uh, got sat on, on Tuesday night. I think that, you know, he's getting close. But some teams have told me, if you're looking for a free agent defenseman, there's a lot of guys out there. And you can afford to play poker a bit and see if some of the sellers uh, worry a little bit. So I, I think that I think the teams who are buying feel it's a buyer's market. And, you know, we'll see if they, especially on defense, we'll see if they turn out to be right. 
What is uh, St. Louis's plan? Do you do you have a sense for what the, what the what the idea is there? You see guys going out, and, and then there's mention that they're interested in Meyer. So it seems like a kind of a conflicting ideology. But I was just curious what the uh, what the game plan is and the general thinking is there from their front office. Well, what I, what I, what I think is it is is I think they just said, look, we won a Stanley Cup in 2019 with these guys. We wanted to give them as long a rope as we could. And now we're at a situation where we just think that the group isn't going to work anymore. You know, they're not a playoff team this year. Um, <laughs> they weren't going to keep Tarasenko anyway. He wasn't going to resign there. I think they wanted to move on. You know, I, I think a lot of people are curious if O'Reilly comes back in the summer. Mm. Like I, I've had some people <laughs> say they, they don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that uh, he maybe goes back in the summer. We'll see. Uh, there's still time for all of this to play out. Um, but St. Louis was coming and, you know, they've got another guy in Barbashev who a lot of teams are after and they're going to get another asset too. So all of a sudden they've got three first round picks this year. They're going to, they're going to move Barbashev. They'll get, I don't know if they'll get a first, they might, like there's a lot of interest in him, but at least a second, they're trying to move one of their D we'll see what that does. And all of a sudden they're going to have space and they're going to have assets. And if you know anything about St. Louis, they don't want to do a long rebuild. Like Doug Armstrong's quote on the weekend was, we needed 24 to 25, 26-year-old players. Well, Timo Meyer's right in there. I don't think they want a long rebuild. I think they want to come back with the best possible team they can. I'm curious about um, their D. Uh, like, to me, I don't think they want to trade Falk. So that kind of leaves guys like Pareko and, and Krug. Um, like, I think there's teams that have inquired about both those players. They both have no trade clauses. I don't think they'd be that thrilled about it. I wondered about Edmonton for Pareko. I'm not convinced that's going to happen. But I'll, I'll tell you this. like One guy said to me, you look at their roster and they don't really need it. But Krug in Vegas, like they need a one-timer on mm. the power play. And Bruce Cassidy had him. So I think people are kind of wondering. And also, St. Louis has talked to Vegas about Barbashev. So people have kind of wondered if like that's, uh, that's you know, again, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you know, at this time of year, we put everybody, you always find people who know other people, right? And Cassidy knows Krug. That's a that's a great disclaimer. Thank you for adding that. You know, nothing you're saying here is official. None of it is bound to happen. This is all just uh, rumors and emails and text uh, that mm -hmm. you're, you're siphoning through. I'll let Gumps go. I know he's got some Texas hockey questions coming your way. <laughs> I'm actually going to go with the Leafs here. Are they oh, done? No, and I, worst, I case, worst case scenario... Obviously, worst case scenario, they get bounced in the first round by the Bolts again after making the trade for mm -hmm. O'Reilly. Who's who's is Dubas done or is he fine? I, I, I honestly, Gumps, if that happens, I think he's in trouble if they lose in the first round. Like you know, the company I work for owns thirty-seven and a half percent of the of the Maple Leafs, and uh, I had heard earlier in this year when they got off to a really slow start that my employer was antsy let's just say <laughs> let's just say that and so i think it's a really bad sign if they lose in the first round of the playoffs I, you know I, I think it could be i think they could make a lot of big decisions like you know gums one thing I, I i believe is that they don't want to go into next year without austin matthews signed to an extension and i think they're going to take a big run at him after the season they're going to find out what he wants and you know i i have believed for some time now that he'll take not an eight-year deal, but he'll take something and, and give himself an opportunity to sign one more big contract after this, like somewhere three to five years. 
and and we'll see where he, I think he's going to stay for another you know medium term deal. But you never know. Like this is this is if they lose in the first round, it's going to be crazy town here. Generally, though, that's my opinion. I I, I do think jobs are on the line though, Gumps and. Um, you know, the one thing, the one thing I will say though, is that, you know, I, I, I'm 52 years old. I've lived 48 of my 52 years in Toronto. I've seen an awful lot of terrible hockey, you know, <laughs> like the team under Dubas, are they perfect? No, but they've been good. And, uh, his winning percentage as a GM is as good as anyone who's ever run this team. And is part of the problem that they lack some things hundred percent. But they've also been in the same division as Toronto and Tampa Bay. And, you know, like it's like being in the American League East with the Yankees and Red Sox in their heyday. You know, you it's like be careful what you wish for if you fire them. That's for sure. Yeah, you know what? I, this is I don't know what you think about this, but I, first off, I, I love that deal that uh, Kyle Dubas made. And uh, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm critical of the Leafs. Uh, I've been for a, a a number of different times, but th- I like this one. I, I I think that it was something that they needed. Uh, I'm very intrigued to how they use Ryan O'Reilly. If it is center, long term wing, if it, I think they're more dangerous third line center with Ryan O'Reilly. But you know, I I like the way they're approaching it right now. Like see what they can if they can catch lightning in the bottle, having them somewhere else in the lineup. But for me, when I look at this team, I don't know what you think, Elliot. Like, is this? For me, this feels, for lack of a better term, like the last dance with this group, regardless of what happens. Because if they lose in the first round again, clearly there's going to be changes. I think that that was everybody was anticipating that this past season, mm-hmm. and, and you got to respect them that they're coming back with this group and is a very good team. But if they do, like, where if they win or go to the Eastern Finals or go to the Cup Finals or they, you know, win the Cup, it, it's it's the last dance too because you have. Awesome Matthews after next season. You have Willie Nylander, who's leading them in points right now, up ne- after next year. Like, regardless, I feel like this is the last run with this group. Do you feel like that? I think if I think that the worst, the, 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 if you win, Michael, you can punt a lot of these decisions into next year. I, like, I, I, like, I think, you know, Michael, you played for a long time. You know, you know how it works. Performance speaks. Like at the end of the year, it's all going to be determined by who plays well and who doesn't. Performance, like performance pays too, and performance that's where they're going to Performance speaks, but you know what? Like, like unless this cable TV thing is even worse than I, I've been led to believe, the cap is going to go up. And not maybe not this summer, but next summer. So if 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 it's going to go up where they hoped in a year, then Michael, there I think they're going to be mostly okay. But if it doesn't go anywhere, then you're really going to have a big problem. There's there's no question about that. You know, like like I'll say this, like Gums, I, I don't think they're done. I, I don't. I uh, I think they're gonna. I you know I I still think they're gonna look around. Like I think they asked the Blues about all three guys. Like, mm-hmm. could we do Barbashev too? Like all three players, and then the price becomes probably even crazier. And then the, the other thing is they didn't want to take anyone off their roster. So I, I still think we're going to see what happens on defense. I think that's going to be a thing for them. And secondly, I know they don't want to add in goal. I, I, I think they want to go with what they got. But if And they say that Matt Murray's coming back, but 
if it's two rough weeks, if it's a week and a half, if it's a rough week and a half before the deadline, I just wonder if there's any way they're going to reconsider. Elliot, I have to ask you uh, about my Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, uh, we put out a Twitter uh, a tweet earlier that you were coming on. You were going to talk to us. I asked for some questions from our listeners and viewers, and a couple of them asked if Ron Hextall has woken up yet. Now, <laughs> I'm just curious to know if maybe he just has the most impossible job in the entire National Hockey League, being tasked with keeping a team trying to contend for a championship while also trying to not mortgage every asset for the future. Uh, how do the Penguins make this work? They're dangerously close to missing the playoffs for the first time in Sidney Crosby's career since his rookie year. Yes. Uh, can they let that happen? Are they planning to do anything, or is it uh, maybe some minor tweaks to try and hopefully get a boost? Well, you know, I, I do know that they're trying to do some minor tweaks. Like the, the thing is, the thing is, Nick. Like I, I, I think they're in a really really rough spot because I don't think that they can afford to trade their future. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's smart and I don't think it's what they need to do. Like I, like I've heard Washington is reconsidering everything too. Like they're right on the cut line and, and trying to figure out what they're going to do. But I, I think that trading futures right now makes no sense for that team. No sense. And you know what you might have to do is what St. Louis did, like make a painful decision to say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna move guys out to see if we can bring some new blood in next year. Like I know this is painful for Penguins fans to hear, but I'm not mortgaging any of my future. If it means I have to miss the playoffs, then I'm doing that. I, I think mortgaging the future with them is is crazy. Yeah, it's a great point, Elliot. And the, the other thing too that I think for Penns fans, it would be much worse if the big three were not performing, right? Like, and now you had this problem where you just re-signed two of them. That's not the case. The big three, Latang, Malcolm Crosby, like that's not the problem with this team, right? So to what you're saying, Elliot, it's like, all right, there might have to be a very uh, painful uh, decision on getting rid of a player you don't really want to get rid of just to kind of just turn the soil a little bit. But I think Mm -hmm. it could be a lot worse if all of a sudden it was like, Sid's games falling off or Geno's or, or, or Latang's. And that's, that's not the case. So um, it is a tough spot though, because it's like, part of me is like, you already made that decision on being all in now. Like, what is it just kind of doubling down? But I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's like, it's a tough spot for, for Hexy, um, you know, there in Pittsburgh. But uh, I want to ask know, you about- the other thing, the other thing too, Mike, like, you know, like it was, I was talking about this with a GM the other day. He says, he says one of the toughest things that they're going to have to deal with is that, like last year, they got knocked out in the playoffs because their goaltending fell apart due to injury, right? And what's one of their biggest problems this year is their goalies are getting hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he said, like this is a GM, he said to me, he felt badly for Hextall because the, one of the toughest things as a GM is, is go to your owner and say, you know, this is what we lost, why we lost our playoffs here because our goalie got hurt. And now you're on the cut line for the playoffs. You're always going to say, well, why, why are we on the cut line for the playoffs? And say, oh, our goalie got hurt. And, and, and the GM, and the owner's going to say, well, that was our problem last year. Why did you not solve this? And I think I know the answer because he's going to say, I think Jari's a really good goalie. And the owner's going to say, well, we thought that last year too. Like that's, 
Like I, I was talking to a GM about that, and he said he's in a position that, yeah, because because you're you, you can't trade for a goalie who's better than Jari, right? But you're banking on a guy who can't stay healthy. It's it's really really tough position to be in. Uh, just one more thing real quick. I know personally as a Penguins fan and hearing from Penguins fans, I don't think they need to trade for a goalie as good or better than Jari. Uh, I think a lot of the fan base is of the sentiment that they just need to upgrade the backup position. But I feel like every fan base thinks that. So I that's that's my two cents there. You know what? I I, I don't think you're going to get a lot of argument. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll put it I'll put it that way. I just, you know, like I think I think they always thought they were going to rebuild this year. That mm. you know, one of those guys, not Crosby, obviously, but probably Malkin was going to move on, and they were going to rebuild. And you know, it's funny how it works, Nick. You you, you make a decision. You think, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go with one different guy, and we're gonna we're gonna take a divorce. We're gonna go a certain way, and and then when you get there and you look on the edge and you look over the precipice, it you don't like the way it looks or your fans don't like the way it looks. And it just reminds you, you know, we might think we're going to do things sometimes, but when it comes time to make that decision, not so easy to go. Well said, What's, well said. Uh, speaking of, on that note, sorry, Rob, I, it just popped my head. Uh, Jonathan Taves, similar kind of thing here where, okay, Seems like his time might be up. It's finally time to move on, potentially. And then, no, he makes the statement he's not going anywhere. Obviously, dealing with some health issues, and we hope and wish him the best. But uh, his uh, compadre, Patty Kane, is in an interesting situation. He's already made some comments about the Rangers. I know Gump wants him down there in in Dallas. There was some talk before the move for Ryan O'Reilly about the Leafs. Is there a market still? Uh, obviously there's a market still. What does that market look like for Patty Kane? And is it something he will want to pursue? Or are they still having that discussion internally about will will he move, won't he move? Percent, percent. We need percentages, Elliot. What you are know, the percentages that he gets <laughs> traded? If you had uh, to guess. I, I would say it's much higher after Sunday than it was uh maybe uh before before then um uh like like i think that uh i think this i think pat kane had to get over the shock the shock that he wasn't going to be staying the shock that he didn't go to the rangers and i think he really had to sit down and figure out what he wanted to do and i think that he's getting very close to a decision um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we hear it the next day or two about one, maybe one team or two teams that he's willing to go to. I think Edmonton is interested. I think that uh, Gumps, your team, Dallas, has taken a good look at this. Uh, I think that Carolina has been interested. I think that Vegas has been interested, and I'm sure there's other teams as well. But I think it's it's up to him. Like, like I think I think Pat Kane really pissed off at a lot of people right now i think he's pissed off at people doubting him i think he's pissed off at people questioning his injury uh i i think that he's just mad at a lot of things and finally he channeled that into the right way and he scored two goals against ottawa and he put on a massive show against toronto and uh i think like like i'll tell you i was talking to teams on saturday and they were like no we're not in doesn't look good the price is too high for a guy doesn't look good and on monday i was like okay we're back in so it's like (laughs) but the thing is i think everybody just wants to know where does he want to go 
Like yeah. there's no chance in wasting too much energy if if he doesn't want to go to you. And I think that's why we're going to get his answer pretty soon. That that was uh, one of the interesting things that kind of maybe could pertain to this too, if there's to get more people to table. I, I found it really interesting, and I know that you're all over this every year, but like you don't see it that often where we have a third team involved like Minnesota was. Mm-hmm. And uh, and taking on the what was it seventy four thousand I guess was the prorated yeah. amount for the rest of the year in in Minnesota Wild that that was I'm sorry that was in the O'Reilly trade uh, uh, to Toronto and so the Minnesota Wild are one of those teams that we're always talking about they can't really do anything they don't have cap room but when you look at it from that standpoint when it's prorated seventy four k you're like yeah they can so they've bought themselves a fourth round pick by taking on that part of the salary do you find do you think more teams are going to be doing this do you think maybe this could be a similar situation with patty kane that a team will need them to step in because now all of a sudden you know rangers nation's going nuts being like oh well we saw what happened there like maybe we can Mm -hmm. still get patrick kane i always believe that if patrick kane got traded there was going to be a third team involved and and the thing about patrick kane is most of his money is in was signing bonus this year so there's not a lot of cash so it, there is incentive for teams to do that, just like O'Reilly and Minnesota. So I, I do believe if he gets traded, he's going to go through someone else to get to where he goes. You think the Rangers are still in the mix there, or are they done? Uh, with that? Not, not done. I don't think they're done, but do you think they're done with that caliber of a player? The, the, like the thing is, I think the question would have to be, Michael, did, did they see something in the last couple of days that made them convinced? Like, I do think the Rangers were really worried about his hip. I think they were really concerned about it. So do they feel better about it now? The other thing, too, is rougher. Like, and, and you can speak to this. Look, I, I generally think Patrick Kane would be um, – uh, I think he would be happy to go anywhere where he has a chance to win and show something to prove. But like, look at that lineup right now. Where is he going to play? Like, Is he going to get power play time? Um, you know, I guess you move somebody out, but I always think that, uh, you, you got to make sure the role is right. Like someone said to me last year, when Claude Giroux went to Florida, nothing against Claude Giroux, but it knocked a whole bunch of people out of roles they were normally in, right? Like you have to move everything around. And like, I I don't think that's a reason to say no to a player like that, but you got to make sure that there's like, I look at the Rangers right now. What's the role for Kane? Where does he fit there? Is he going to get power play time? Is he going to play in offensive situations? Like, that's the one thing I look at there. Like, who are you moving out if you want to bring Kane in to give him that kind of role? Elliot, and then again, they'll probably trade for him tomorrow and I'll look like (laughs) (laughs) Uh, another name that's going to require some potential uh, financial gymnastics, potentially, if if he's moved or willing to move, is Eric Carlson. And that's been talked about a lot. Uh, Is that still something that's being uh, chatted about across the league? Is is San Jose willing to move on with uh, Eric and all that money he's owed uh, and kind of recoups some assets and our team's still willing to pony up for him. You know what? I think that they are willing to move on. I just think, Nick, it's an incredibly complicated deal to do in the season. Like, like, like Edmonton needed him to be a six and a half to $7 million player. That means San Jose has got to eat 40% of his salary for four years. 
or you've got to find someone else willing to eat a chunk of that salary for four years. There's not a lot of people willing to do that. I don't believe the owner in San Jose is inclined to do that unless the return is massive. And uh, I think that the other thing is, is that, uh, you know, I just also believe that, you know, Carlson's got to, got to want to go where he's willing to go, to go. Like it's, it's a really complicated deal to make. I, I think there is interested in him, Nick, but I think it's more likely it happens in the summer gotcha. when you have a 10% off-season cushion. But I got to tell you that I have one guy who I really trust who keeps telling me that he thinks Carlson gets dealt because he's having too good a year. I'm just like, where? Like, who can make this work? I'm just not convinced San Jose is going to want to eat that much salary for four years unless you really blow them away with an offer. Let me ask you this. Could it be a team who's maybe not in contender status this year but is looking at something for the future? Is that I think a that possibility? Is a, I think that is a great question. I, I think it's absolutely a great question. <laughs> I think that I think the one that like I asked somebody this and they said, you know, the only thing is they can't see anyone giving up a first rounder next year who's in the lottery. So what his point to me was, he could see that happening maybe after the draft lottery when we see where everybody's slotted. Um, because look, like Florida almost had a nightmare scenario where they traded the number one pick last year for Sherratt and they didn't protect it. And look what happened. Um, by the way, I do think, I am wondering if Florida is going to be that team for girls. You know, they have some people coming off the cap this year. They have use for a defenseman. Um, I, I do wonder if he could be the guy for that. I, I got one uh, one last one for you, Elliot. Uh, I think this specific division is wide open. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say an easy path. There's no easy path in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but I guess if you had to pick, you'd want to be coming out of uh, or coming down that road. The Western Conference wide open, and the uncertainty too with Landeskog and McCarr and unfortunate situations in Colorado, I think the West is is just completely wide open. So I, I look at mm-hmm. the L.A. Kings. The L.A. Kings, to me, are a team that I'm like, man, they can make a move. And we've heard whispers with Chicker, and we've heard different things out there that this could be a team that could – I think they can win the West. Do you think that they are, are definitely going to be doing something? And what are you thinking? Uh, sorry, you said Edmonton? I sorry No, L.A. The Kings. L.A., sorry about that. Yes. Um, I – like – I think they tried to make a deal for Chikrin. You know, they're looking for a left shot D. They've got Dursey on the on the who's a right shot playing on the left side a lot this year. You know, who I wonder about Rupper if they don't get Chikrin is is uh, Jake McCabe. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I like that, that guy could be like you know they like term like they yeah. were in on Gavrikov, but they didn't do it because they they couldn't sign him. They like Chikrin's term. They want somebody with cost certainty. I really wonder if it's going to be McCabe, if it's not going to be Chikrin. Elliot, last one from me here. We know you're busy. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, no it's gotta problem. Got to be insane for you. Uh, is there any uh, any team out there that's raising a few eyebrows uh, in terms of like a surprise factor, in terms of, oh, maybe I w- we weren't expecting this from this one? Have you heard anyone feeling around that's kind of uh, peaked interest or, or maybe was off the radar a bit that's kind of trying to make some waves? Well, I, I do think Edmonton has interest in Kane, and I think it's going to be I, like I have no doubt that Kane has talked to Duncan Keith about what it's like to play up there. Mm. Like I, I have no doubt that's gone on, and I think it's going to be Kane's decision. Um, I think, like I think Winnipeg would like to do something. 
Um, I, you know, like I said, I think they're in on Meyer, but Winnipeg likes certainty. They like to know, like you look at Winnipeg's contracts. They got Shifley done in a year. We've got Dubois done in a year, and you know he wants to go to Montreal. You've got Wheeler coming up. I think they would love to potentially uh, get Meyer and sign him. I'm just not sure they're convinced that Meyer can do that. Um, so those are like Ed- Edmonton. If they if they pull off Patrick Kane, I mean that's a massive massive move. Winnipeg, I- I'm really curious about them too. I-, I think to me, like like I look at Jersey, Horvat made their made went to the island. Tarasenko went to the Rangers. You, if you're New Jersey, you've had the best year of those three teams from beginning to end. You've been the best team. Like I think you, your players have spoken. Give us, a, give us something. And mm-hmm. you know, Severson's an unrestricted free agent. He might not be back. Graves is an unrestricted free agent. He might not be back. Like you may not have a team that's as ready for this next year as this team is. That's why I think they're the favorite on Meyer. And I think also the fact that they're their Gotham area brothers have have kind of bulked up a bit. I, I think the Devils have got to do something. I I think they they're like players decide, players perform right, and their players have shown they deserve help. Gumps, it's one more. Is there anybody the start? I mean, is there? Are we gonna make a move here? Like the West is wide open. Like we can legitimately win the fucking West. Can we do something, please? I, I want to correct you on that, Gums. I think they could win the Stanley Cup this year, man. I think oh, they're even I, better. I, I, even I think better. they're they're looking. They're they want to score. Right. They want to score. As long as they're in the dance. <laughs> yeah, they're they they want to score to play with Sigan. They've looked at Keane. They were in on Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, you know, Jim Nill and Steve Eiserman will take this secret to like uh, the ends of the earth with them. But I do believe that they were talking pretty seriously about Bertuzzi. And now Detroit's in the race, so Bertuzzi for now is is off the market. And so I think like Barbashev is another one that I think makes sense. I think they're looking for that kind of a player, like somebody who, although you know, Kane and Barbashev aren't the same guys, but I think they're looking for a player who can score and not be out of place in the playoffs. And I think they're looking for that person to play with Tyler Sagan. There we go. And I, I could see them going for a depth D two. But I think Luke, the, uh, like I, I think they've asked about Shen. I heard he wasn't first on their list, but he was on their radar. I think the most important thing they feel they need, though, is the is the someone who can play with Sagan who can score. Robert, you got anything else? No, man, I'm I'm I am good, and we'll be hanging we'll be hanging by every tweet of yours in the for the next ten plus days or whatever it is. Now, <laughs> I got people like t- uh, tweeting at me saying, "Look, if you're not going to tweet a trade, don't tweet because you got your face come up." So don't don't bug me with garbage. They're telling me. Hey, just start retweeting everything, right? And it's uh, yeah. you know yeah. start quoting everything. <laughs> I don't take it for granted. I don't take it for granted. I would never do that. Elliot, we don't take you for granted either. At least we try not to, man. We appreciate you and all the insight you provide on Twitter. Go follow along at uh, FreeHNIC. Go check out 32 Thoughts. Call man the podcast. Thank you so much, brother. All right. My pleasure, guys. Happy to do it.